0: Can you combine high levels of security and privacy in a smartphone while still finding it convenient to use? I'm Matthew Schwartz, Managing Editor for Europe for Information Security Media Group. And that's one topic I'll be discussing with Toby Weir-Jones, CEO of SGP Technologies, which this year introduced the $629 smartphone known as the Black Phone. SGP is a joint venture between Spanish phone maker Geeks Phone and secure communications company Silent Circle, and is based in Switzerland. Thanks for joining me today, Toby.
1: My pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me.
0: Can you, as the CEO of a firm that's offering a privacy-focused smartphone, imagined having introduced this product before Edward Snowden's leaks came to light.
1: We were working on the idea of the product before that. Clearly, last summer did a lot to crystallize interest in these sorts of themes. But the more general approach was how do we get the silent circle tools into more of a turnkey format. And clearly the the simplest way to do that was to install them on a device where they were already bundled and activated and ready to go. So the spirit of that idea was underway already. And then last summer happened and the degree of, of interest and demand for an answer a protection of sorts you know it really increased dramatically and so that was fortunate for us in terms of the timing but it didn't really change the spirit of the plan it enabled us to really buckle down and accelerate our path to market this is why you saw our preliminary media announcement january 15th product details february 24th and the first device is shipping on schedule by the end of june you know it was really a compressed development cycle for a version one product but we felt was very important first of all to ship we felt that that was a feature that we that we valued was shipping and secondly that we actually delivered the solution that we had promised And what we saw with that was core communications were most important. Stripping away, we'll call them the leaky elements that were bundled into so many other phones was also a critical feature. And then the sort of notion of control and protection from not necessarily malicious rogue apps, but simply apps that were doing things that people hadn't really paid attention to before. And we saw that by way of of the security center and those features.
0: And obviously, this is you saying, this is our concept of what we can do from a security and privacy standpoint. And you can have a discussion about that and move forward from here with future products.
1: Absolutely. I mean, clearly it's a, it's a version one product, right? There's, there's no doubt that there's a long way to go. As with any commercial environment, we had to make a lot of trade-offs. What we didn't do was compromise on the quality of the security that was implemented in any of the features on the phone. But there are additional features we want to add to the phone, which simply aren't there yet because we didn't have time to build them in five months. So that will all come. And you know, we've talked about the fact that we are really gearing up for a family of devices. That includes a tablet. It will include other phones. It will include enhancements to private OS. And all of that is coming. What we do is encourage our critics to, first of all, engage us in reasonable discourse because we're very receptive to that. And we have you know, a lot of high-profile people in the company who are able to have very detailed and specific conversations about some of these issues. And secondly, to, to watch for our product announcements. It's going to be a lively space, and we know we're not going to be the only participant in it. But we, again, see that as a feature for the industry. The more people who are, are really doing these kinds of things right and investing effort in educating their customers and creating demand, the better it is, for, certainly for us, but for, for the, the state of privacy and security as a whole.
0: It's been interesting to look at the reception that the phone has been receiving, given that it is offering a different set of tools and features and functionality than most people would have had access to previously. And on that front, there was a recent New York Times review, and it detailed some of the increased security and privacy protections that are in the phone, but also said that that might come with some usability or else convenience trade-offs. Do you think that's a fair assessment, that people have to trade off a little bit of one to get the other in a smartphone factor?
1: I do, so long as, as you, you compare like for like on your expectations for what your phone can do. And clearly, if you compare our phone to something that comes with a full suite of social tools and perhaps the Google Play Store and all of those kinds of things, the, the list of things that we offer as features is... It's a shorter list. But by definition, most of our customers perceive that in and of itself as a feature because they don't want to have to uninstall a lot of these tools that they've been forced to accept from other phone vendors in the past. What that means is that if you try and turn your phone into you know, the equivalent of one of the mainstream products, clearly it's it's not trivially simple to do that. We can't put the Google Mobile Services on the phone. We simply don't have the underlying modules running to enable all of that to work. At the same time, if you want to install other apps, while it's easy, to put something like, say, the Amazon app store on the phone and then retrieve apps from Amazon or use F-Droid or some of of these other repositories, there are a few extra steps. That's true. And, you know, if your intention is to use the phone as a sort of broadcasting um, indiscriminate kind of social sharing tool, then it's arguable that Blackphone may not be the right tool for you. But for the customers who are interested in actually changing the, the equation on their communications, they're not looking to do all of those additional things. And as such, the the ease of use for making and receiving calls and browsing sites and doing search and all that kind of thing is exactly the same as what they're already used to. So I would argue there was no cost to convenience at all.
0: Let's talk a little bit about what's built into Blackphone. You've got Silent Circle for encrypting voice, video calls, and text messaging,
1: that's correct. It comes with two years of Silent Circle Mobile for the primary phone purchaser, and it comes with the gift subscriptions, which are good for one year each. Those are good for uh, any other Android or iPhone user. The idea is that your, your close friends, your family, your colleagues, whomever it might be, uh, you can equip them with the ability to, to participate in the same uh, private network.
0: And then you've also got Disconnect Secure Wireless, which is anonymous browsing and mobile VPN protection, and SpiderOak cloud storage and file transfer. One product that isn't built in, at least currently though, would be some kind of an email app. And what's the thinking behind that not being included from the get-go?
1: Well, the the email question is an interesting one. There is an email client that ships on the phone, it's the the standard Android email client. It, It does all the normal SSL and TLS authentication to the various different email systems it supports. So as far as the transport layer is concerned, it's a secure email implementation. But what it doesn't have is, for example, content and/or public key security for mail exchange with, with other public key mail users. The thinking there is is not that we, we don't want such a solution, but there isn't really one that integrates both the usability and the quality of the app, as well as sort of graceful failure modes. For example, if you're speaking to someone who doesn't have, uh, you know, a GNU PG key or some other kind of, uh, of more secure mechanism that they want to use for email. We are looking into, perhaps, accelerating the development of a more clean and crisp implementation down those lines, either in conjunction with one of the existing app vendors or as a, as a self-started initiative. But the simple reality is that email is broken in a more fundamental and structural way. and The problem with email is not really surveillance against the content of your messages. It's about the patterns that the metadata describes. And regardless of what email client we may or may not put on black phone, the, the metadata that's recorded across all of the mail transfer agents and all the relays and all the other uh, architectural points across the Internet is really where the value is, and that's what needs to be fixed in order to make a sea change in email security. As you may recall, there is a project that is underway with Ladar Levinson and Silent Circle, which is the Dark Mail Alliance. And the idea there is to implement a completely different mail transport mechanism. The challenge with that is, again, interoperability with legacy systems because there needs to be a commercial incentive for what is already a commoditized $0 service, which is email, to switch over to a more secure and different solution because right now, anybody who wants email can go to one of a whole bunch of free email providers and they can get email and it costs them nothing. Again, talking about market forces, this will take a little while for that equation to change. And what we want to do is have a technical solution that is vetted and robust and ready to go but we know that we're going to need some outside influence in order to to see widespread adoption of them
0: And then obviously not want to create a false sense of security for an insecure approach as you said.
1: Well, exactly. I mean, we would rather be forthright about the the practical limitations of something like email than to put a Band-Aid on and hope that no one notices. The simple truth is that we have very good solutions for phone calls and texting and video and file transfer. And we have solutions for email, which are essentially status quo with the rest of the industry. So we don't think we're at a disadvantage, but certainly we would like to see a better email solution rise to prominence.
0: So there was a very public spat recently initiated by BlackBerry, questioning whether the phone was more of a consumer oddity. In your rebuttal, you talked about how it has a number of features that would make it suitable also for the enterprise market. And you spoke about how you're working with mobile device management vendors as well. Could you talk a little bit more about how you see that aspect of the black phone progressing, please?
1: Our buyers are interestingly split between the sort of corporate buyers who are looking at devices to issue to employees versus individuals who know they're going to use the devices at work in the more classic BYOD model. And so the, the, the difference there is ultimately who is the sort of uh, the administrator or the overseer of the device. If you're bringing it in and it's a BYOD situation, then clearly the expectation is that you're going to comply with whatever your company policies are. And that may well include installing uh, an MDM client of some sort on the phone. And if you can install the client and authenticate yourself into the corporate network, then in general it's going to work conversely you may just use your device to retrieve your work email over an exchange connection and communicate with your colleagues over silent phone and silent text and maybe your company hasn't deployed an MDM client of some sort so we we don't exclude any of those use cases right the the uh, the point of the rebuttal was to illustrate that the the completely closed system is not the only way to go and that you know clearly a lot of enterprises have recognized that that is insufficiently flexible for the realities of large and distributed user bases with any number of separate hardware life cycles in play. That was really our our point, was that we think we've done a good job with the fundamental security within the core tools, but we've also introduced a platform which is more compatible with more different permutation of enterprise use than the single solution that our friends to the north have, have offered. And of course, they continue to support it. That's not surprising. But at the same time, they, they've they also had to open their kimono a bit and add support for Apple and Android into their own management environment. And that, that is a reflection of the reality that the other devices are fundamentally much more popular.
0: I'm Matthew Schwartz with Information Security Media Group. Toby, thanks for taking the time to speak with us today.
1: My pleasure, Matt. Thanks so much.